Blog Talk Radio. All powers to oppressed people, African power to an African people, and black power. It's your host and uh, chairman, national chairman, Yang and Kruma, People's Black Panther Party for Self Determination. Having a little self, um, a little technical difficulties, but what are you going to do? Got to keep the show going. I want to thank everybody for tuning in on this Tuesday, like you do. The People's Talk, the People's Radio, an opportunity to discuss your concerns your questions, comments, opinions, um, and just come up with some solutions. You know the philosophy, African communalism. African communalism is the key to our salvation. Together there is nothing we can accomplish. And individualism most certainly... Everything wants to play now. Okay, I was trying to adjust it here. Uh, individualism sh- surely a spell, spells out a certain doom, death, and destruction. Man, like I said, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and sharing this with us. Today we're talking about five on the black hand side. And what's that? That's just our playful way of saying that we're just going to have an open conversation. We're going to discuss the things in our community, things that are affecting us directly, indirectly, whatever on your mind and your concern. With you know, because we're always going over, which is which is definitely needed, going over our political education, going over the things that we study. But to, tonight, I just want to take an opportunity to discuss out here with the community, with the masses, what's on your mind. And one of the reasons I want to do this because what's definitely on my mind is how they did Mr. Pudding Pop. Bill Cosby, three to ten years, three to ten years, man. And that's not downplaying what was done, you know, and if you feel it is, listen, call in, press one, we'll recognize you. It's all about expressing your views, your comments and opinions. But, you know, me as a black nationalist, me always seeing, you know, some people, they tell me, slow down, Yanga, you're seeing something that isn't there. But if this isn't blatant, Man, if this isn't just blatant, like, screw you, nigga, type of stuff going on, I don't know what is. Bill, Mr. Cosby is what, 81, 82? And they give him three to ten years, which I'm thinking that means he has to do a mandatory of no less than three years. Behind bars, 81, 82, and used to live in that comfortable life. And like I said, I'm not excusing what he did. And I know people going to say, well, they were white women. This I'm not excusing none of that. I'm just talking about, yo, look at the company that, and I'm not talking about company behind bars, but the company of people that he's keeping or the company he's in of people who have been accused of those same things. If not, it, 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 I, if I'm not mistaken, even the commander in chief, Mr. Trump himself. Mr. Grab him by the pussy. Excuse my language. Verbiage alert. Cover the baby's ears. You know what he said? Grab him by the Kit Kat. Meow. You know. Things are going on. So what's going on with that? That is, if, to me, in my opinion, that is a, a blatant slap in the face. And I know, like I said, if you feel like just do, 
You don't feel no type of way about it, and us as African people shouldn't feel any type of way about it. Press one, we'll recognize recognize you. I'd love to hear that, you know, because I take as everything. See, I don't believe in the individualism. I know that's a concept and a philosophy that is constantly pushed, and it's pushed by Europeans. They do it all through the Maverick, the Lone Ranger. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps, partner. You can do it by yourself. And all the while, they're practicing collectivism and nationalism, white supremacy, uh, against you and every other ethnicity over here is practicing uh, 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 cooperative economics. You know, they're doing more of uh, um, the Nguza Saba than we are and benefiting greatly. And, you know, we run from that. So I'm not talking about looking at it from that perspective, you know. I'm talking about as a perspective from the looking at the disp- disproportionate sentencing and and things are held and conducted and the outcome when it involves people of African descent or people that can fit into an African type, black people, whatever you're calling yourself out there. I'm not going to argue the semantics. Whatever you're calling yourself, I'm talking about people who fit into that category, how you look at the judicial system, this whole freaking justice system, if, you know, we can call it that with a straight face as it pertains to African people, black people here in America, um, and related to black people. So that's all my mind. That's, that's a concern. And what do you do about it? When it becomes blatant, when, like I said, they put it, on the television and flash it across and you see it and it's right there. What do you do? We mumble, we grumble, we show each other the phones, we say, oh, man, that's messed up what they did to Mr. Cosby, that's messed up what they did to Bill. You know, I have comedians get the pretty some probably good little laughing material out of a few jokes to be said, but at the end of the day, in the long run, realistically, what do we do with the people at the uh, defamation of a uh, a whole ethnicity, character assassination, not just for Mr. Cosby, for our people, man, when we see that that plays into it and what you're trying to do. And then not only, let me tell you this, not only let's add insult to injury. Here's another thing I had a problem with. Even if you penalize the man, the individual, to destroy his body of works, I think was just low. To destroy his body. See, if we held Europeans to the same standard that even we, not just them, but that even we hold our own leaders and people that are not even our leaders, our entertainers, we held our so-called leaders in politics and other things that govern this country to the same standards in which we hold our entertainers. There wouldn't be a monument a plaque, a certificate, a anything, can't any of their names for the crimes against humanity in general and particularly and specifically black people that they've committed. There wouldn't be anything. So to take Mr. Cosby's works, to take from his, to take his genius out of circulation and his genius is a genius of our ancestry, like him personally or not. His genius is a genius of the ancestry. It is a testament to the brilliance 
the greatness of African people, the triumph of African people through any and all adversities given to us. So Cosby Kids, the Cosby Show, all of that is just is genius. He manifested it, but it was manifested by the power and inspired by and um, moved by black magic is what I'm calling it, African magic, black scam, black magic. It was moved by that, that ashe, that power, and they take that out of circulation. So our children don't benefit from the messages of the Cosby Show. I never, Fat Abbott never told me about drugging a white bitch and having sex with her. Excuse my language. <laughs> so he kept his personal far from professional as as, as far as I'm concerned. Theo ain't never did nothing like that, and Rudy Rudy was a cutie. Cosby Show was, you know, it. he raised the bar. Even on the, as far as the imagery for black people on there. So I'm going to say something good about Because they always they got this thing going out there bad about them. But that's how I feel about them. Listen, you're listening to the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. Blog Talk Radio is independent black talk radio. It's us rapping. It's our voice. If you want to get in here, if you want to contribute to the conversation, if you have something to say, you know, press one. We'll recognize you. We'll open your mic. You know, how do you feel about it? I'm sure sisters may feel a, a different type of way. They may be like, hey, you know what? He got what he deserved, a pig. He got what he deserved. And that's always, you know, that's another side of it. What else is bothering me, man? Because, I mean, when we're talking about issues in the black community, I it, listen, I can go on and on. As a proud black nationalist, as one that is proud to belong to and be a member of, a card-carrying member of that almighty black race, that African people here in America, man, listen, I got some issues. If you want to listen, we can rap about them. And I don't want to just rap about them. We at the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination are about affecting a change, a real change, not the sensationalism, not the romanticizing. You know, you're not going to see all so many glamorous Facebook. But if we do Facebook, you may see us kicking it. Um, not families, you know, we got uh, one comrade on the road going to these wonderful places, so he takes nice pictures of the landscapes and things and that to share because that's what we're about. We're not going to sit here. You get enough of that coming through your feed. You get enough of that coming through your feed. We want you to know revolutionary ideology, revolutionary philosophy in the sense of how it is applicable to your everyday life, how this affects the change, why it is important. No, why it is imperative, why it is imperative, why it must be mandatory that you embrace a revolutionary ideology, uh, a revolutionary ideology and philosophy and actions and practices in your life if you want to be successful, and not just successful in the sense of material possession, but successful in the sense of at peace and tranquility, and more and most importantly, to ensure, if you want to ensure the continuance of a, of, of a, a tremendous dynamic people, that being African black people here in America, having gone through what we're going through, and still, and still rising the way that we're rising overcoming the obstacles that we overcome things though let's go back to the things that i have issues with what's up with this white somebody please 
inform me. If we have someone in Texas around that area, I would, what's going on with, and we will shift it to the sisters a little bit. And brothers, chime in. Just because I say I'm shifting it to the sisters don't mean we have to, you have to sit and let the sisters chime in. What's going on? Why did it take so long for this uh, white woman, white police officer, to be disciplined? I believe now, if I'm not mistaken, I've been informed that she has lost, finally lost her job. Now, here's the kick in the face. Here's the kick in the face. You know, when we, um, we just said, oh, black men are dogs, black men are this and that. And I'm not saying that our black women are dogs. And maybe we drove these sisters to this. But the police, of, the chief police, the, the uh, chief of police, and I believe the district attorney are black women. I don't understand. I don't understand. You know, I, is the, you know, I guess the system can be so there. Nobody is exempt from once you get in the system, once you're plugged into that matrix, once your livelihood is uh, maintained by the oppressive regime, by the oppressive forces. I guess you do have to become a pawn, but I mean, is it that, I'm wondering, is it that they're that deep in the system that psychologically, mentally, they're caught up to where they didn't see any wrong, or is it a thing of maintaining my position? Always been my big curiosity. At what point does a that DNA factor come in? Can you truly be removed and erased so much from your ancestry, a connection, a psychic bond, for lack of better words, from your ancestry that you really go over to that type of thinking where you're not moved? to some type of action, to some type of standing for what's right. I think it was absolutely amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And the fact that it had taken this long just is something that blows my mind. You know, how do you, how do you, I think as, as African people in America, black people in America, brothers and sisters, this is the thing that we really have to begin to look at. How are we going to address some of these issues? We can't sit and pretend that they don't exist, that they will magically go away. We have to affect that change. We have to be the ones that's about that business. Yeah, I can forgive me. Multitask. We have to be the one that's about that about that business. So, um, so this is where this is where we're at, brother. So you have to pardon me, man. I'm trying to do a lot of things, but this is why I like my listeners because we all family here, man. And you know how it is when you get to rapping with family. You know, we just we just hold the decision. There again, you're listening to the People's Black Panther Party, Blog Talk Radio, Independent Black Talk. We're talking about we're talking five on the black hand side to rap about issues, comments, concerns, things affecting the community. You know, what do you think? Where do you see us at as a people? What the problem is? You know, and how we can uh, some some suggestions on how we can fix where we're at, where we can go. Like I said earlier, we're talking about Mr. Cosby. Going on that three to ten years, 
That's the biggest thing. I know the big thing is about the white woman killing the brother, you know, off in um, killing the brother off in Texas, and that's jacked up. That is jacked. That is jacked all the way up, you know, and and for and for it to take this long to uh, this long to do something about it is a is a tragedy. It's a criminal in itself. But man, for me, Mister Cosby, you did. I mean, yo, that is a that is a slap in the face to me to Black America. That is a slap in the face. I know the pig killed another brother, and it's wrong, and they're gonna deal with that. But they don't have to give Mister Cosby three to ten years. I just think that is. I just think that's him below the belt, and that's my personal assessment on it. I think that is hidden below the belt. That's my personal assessment on it. And one of the reasons I think that is hidden, what does it tie into for me? Because I try to tie all, you know, it's not just, I'm not just saying, oh, man, it's messed up because it's Bill Cosby. But there again, I think that, you know, like I said, it goes to uh, the image of who Mr. Cosby is and the works that he's contributed to uh, black um, literature, not just literature, but media, uh, audio, uh, visual, all of those good things. I think that he has worked and has been successful in keeping his uh, personal and professional separated. And so to take his works and snatch them down and not be able, and him not to be able to, you know, to really reap the rewards of that or to take back the things that he's earned, I think is deplorable. I think that if we held everybody to that standard, especially as Europeans, I, you know what, in my opinion, because I think we allowed him to get away with too much. We allow them to get away with too much. And it ain't even getting away with too much. We just don't hold people to the same standards that we hold one another. And it's not that we hold one another to these standards because we want the best for one another. We hold one another to these standards because we've been taught to despise one another. This colonized mindset that I talk about all the time, this is why I'm always redundant on that. Why? Because it affects us in ways and comes out in waves. And so while it teaches us to have very low tolerance or very little tolerance for our brothers and sisters, it, 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 that's what at the same time um, has encouraged us to be exceedingly tolerant to our oppressors, even to the point of surrendering our lives even to the point of surrendering our lives, that we've become so tolerant of our oppressors that we think we have the luxury. We've become so docile and dormant and domesticated as a people. We're worse than pets. We think that we have the luxury to be apathetic, to really not care about political process, things that affect the direction that we go in as a people. We have, we have been lulled to sleep. We really believe that we have the luxury to believe that whatever affects me only affects me, and what affects you only affects you, and that I'm not like those people. We think that we can change our ethnicity or the status of our ethnicity or how our ethnicity is looked at by the oppressive class if we change our area code, <clears throat> excuse me, if we change our address or if our children changes their school, then somehow that will change the way 
that I'm looked at by the oppressive class, not understanding or having fully realized or accepted that racism and prejudice is interwoven in the fabric of America. And the only thing that the capitalist understands is economic power. I'm not saying that that's the only thing it is. I I don't believe that. I'm African. I know better. But I'm telling you what things that affect your oppressor. So it's in his best interest to keep you disorganized, to stop you from getting unified, to keep you from counting your pennies and bringing bringing your money together collectively and spending in ways that best interest you. It's not to his advantage. Why then he couldn't treat you the way he does. Do you would sort to say that I'm not going to spend a dollar with a people that supports uh, the likes of a Trump or the likes of this candidate or that candidate that endorses and sponsors bills that are directed to me? See, you begin to become uh, concerned and involved in the things that affect you, all the way down to how they're doing Mr. Cosby. <laughs> all the way down to how they're doing that. You're concerned about how your image is portrayed on media. You begin, you begin to become real active and involved. That's the only. That's the only way that any of this works. Let's go to our phone lines six one nine. Zero six one four. Your mic is open. Hey, Chairman, how you doing? All power to people. Man, all power to the people. Chairman Trinell, how you doing, brother? Yes, sir. By the grace of God and ancestors, man, that I still stand above ground. Yes, sir. Man, it's good to have you on. Yeah, show, man, definitely. Oh, man, it's good to hear your voice. Share with us, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you know, it's uh, as usual. You know, you're serving a five course meal. And uh, uh, as I said before, and I believe, and it's been told to me, that the salvation of this country deals with us. We are the salvation for this country. And that's the burden we carry. You know, matters of taste are not debatable. You know, I mean, uh, it's just so much that we have to balance. And, uh, be careful about uh, the balancing and the results of what the scale reveals from the balancing. It's no doubt yes. that uh, we are in a unique position being a dominant race and a dominant people. It makes us dominant in all areas because we're everywhere on the planet. Every place you go on the planet, there we are. So we are the dominant one. Yes, sir. Though the power has not yet resided from the kitchen to the dining room, but is on its way there. This takes a little time. You know, sometimes things are a little slow from getting from one point to another point. But it'll get there. You know, we uh Yes sir. We we tend to look at the the political situation and and we realize uh what a mess it is because they made a mess out of it because Every time they get they get um, exposed for doing something one way, they immediately create a diversion or a way out and go another way. 
and this is this is their nature. This is how they operate. You know, they're always going to uh, 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 create another way out of no way. You know, uh, because they have something to protect, and they're yes, trying sir. to protect. They're trying to protect who they are and what they are. It's just like. Uh, the leader of this country standing in front of the United Nations among all the other nations in the world and uh, just running off at the mouth, just, 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 just talking, you know, uh, right out of one ear, another ear, you know, and, and, you know, he's thinking people's clapping with him, but they're clapping at him, you know, and then when he finally picks up on it, you know, it's try yeah. to play it out like, you know, well, uh, a laugh is a laugh. You, 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 you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, you're an idiot. You know, mm-hmm. you know. Instead mm-hmm. of you thinking they're laughing with you, you realize in the midst of all of them, in the middle of the party, it comes to realization by you that they're laughing at you, and you yeah. don't have the fortitude of a soldier to realize that sometimes you need to be quiet, you know, you know, sometimes you need to say as little as possible, you know, and just let people know that, that, that you're there and that you're part of the party, but you're not the party, you know, and then we look at the domestic situation here around us, you know, and wonder how come we're in position to make decisions concerning the freedom or no freedom, you know, for uh, uh, one of our members because we're the disc attorney and because we're the chief of police, but we mm-hmm. have sworn to uphold those rules and regulations, you know, that we know deep down inside of us is is wrong, you know. Yeah. We was raised yeah. that it was wrong. We was raised that the night has a thousand eyes, you know. Yeah. We 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 was we was raised that way, and it and we saw it, you know. So, you know, we try to, you know, think that we can work within the system to change the system. There is some truth to that, you know, but you got to know what you're doing. And you got to know what your end game is because it is true in the fact that all politics is local. No doubt about that, you know. But well, some of us do believe that, you know, we are uh, uh, different, that how we think is different, you know, that we are, in fact, a Democrat, that we are, in fact, uh, this and that and that and this, and that. Uh, we can change uh, the state of affairs in this, this decadence of society. What we need to do, what I would suggest we do, you know, what works for one person doesn't work for another, but it worked for me, is go back and study our true history, you know, as to this American decadence society. And when we study our true history, we realize that they have taken – uh, uh, the solutions that we've come up with to how to make a better day, and they've used that, you know, just like they've taken uh, 
the breakfast program and uh, feed the elderly and uh, uh, feed the homeless and uh, community clinics, you know, you know, a group of five different things that they've taken from the, the Black Panther Party and called their own, you know, mm-hmm. but they got those ideas and those programs from us, you know. Mm-hmm. For instance, that the FBI is a direct result of Marcus Garvey, mm-hmm. you know, and how everything mm-hmm. began to start from there in the Back to Africa movement. See, we can't sit up there being chiefs of police and uh, district attorneys and think we understand and, and haven't and having read our history, it doesn't make us stronger and make us weaker because we don't we're not we're no longer part of the solution, though that's the title that we run around telling people, but we literally yeah. become a part of the problem. Go ahead, Jim. Well, it was one thing I wanted to touch on though that you uh that you spoke about too, man, because we had this doc you were talking about like the chief of police, black people wanting to change within the system, change the system from within the inside. Um, used to do this program, brief story. Used to do this program, uh, was on a little cable uh, uh, station with my brother, Black Son, wonderful brother. We had, we were fortunate enough to have this doctor on here. Man, I cannot think of his name right now. But the doctor was starting the Citizens Review Board in Atlanta. And he said something that stuck with me. He said, you know, one of the problems that he encounters a lot of times with black people here in America, especially because they had brought him in from somewhere, I forget where it was, Detroit somewhere, to establish a review board here uh, using the model he had used in the town he was coming from. And he said is that he establishes these review boards. And, you know, when black people here, they're going to be established, they're all for it. He meet, they see him in the grocery store, they're shaking his hand, and they dapping him up and patting him on the back. And then when the review board is actually up and running and the police are in there, no black support. Nobody from the community. No anything. So a lot of these black politicians, a lot of these black people who I really in the beginning believe that they enter with the sincerest, intentions. I really believe they want to change the system. When they get in there and find out the sense of apathy, when they find out how little participation black people uh, have in in the whole political process or anything that um, where they would find their power base, how little that is in the black community, man, they just become, like you said, disillusioned. It's, it's like, man, throwing... Well, we have correct. You're absolutely correct, Chairman. You know, and one of the things is that they think they know until they get in there and they realize what they don't know. You know, it's, it's one thing, you know, I always say to, to, to the members here, it is important. it's important that you know what you know and what you don't know, you know, you know you don't know, you know. And you got to know where the boundaries are. You know, you got you to gotta know, you know. And, uh, you know, it's just unfortunate, you know, that this is the case. But, you know, they actually realize that when they get in these positions that uh, it's more to it than what they see, you know. Mm-hmm. And they didn't see it at first. Because, you know, if you look at it, and I, and I hope the brothers and sisters listening do look at it, you know, is that look how many of our people have not even reached a, a ripe old age in the struggle. 
You know, the struggles are brutal. It takes a lot mm-hmm. out of a lot out of me, Chairman. It's 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 hard work, you know. And um you know, it's 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 a, it's a brutal it's a brutal occupation that we have, you know. Yeah. Uh you know, we realize things and see things and we have an obligation responsibility to pass on this knowledge to those among us, you know. And and a lot of times mm-hmm. it's unfortunate because we have to go through a lot find these things out to learn these things, to study these things, for these things to be revealed to us. And then to sit back and see that they don't take uh, 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 the correct responsibility with the information, even if they have to go back there and prove the information to themselves and search it out, because they mm-hmm. won't allow us They won't allow us to do it because of who we are and what we represent. But they would allow yeah. the other ones, you know, that, that don't have the track record that we have, you know, that ain't being, that ain't being, uh, Followed and and uh, uh, everything by the FBI and 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 uh, and, the, and the rest of the groups they got out there, man, checking everybody's trash and stuff, you know. But the information, you know, we go through a lot to provide them with this information, and it, it really breaks my heart sometimes when they take a little bit of this knowledge and uh, uh, and 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 think they they've made it, and then they yeah. realize that you know what. It's, this is bigger than I thought it was, you know. Well, you know, well, we try to tell you that, you know, when you see us dying at the age of 50 and 60 and stuff like that, you know, well, we're paying a price, you know, we're paying a cost, you know. So take the yeah. information that we give you, man, and chew it out because you can rest assured we've done our homework. You know, we've taken yeah. an oath to provide you with information, you know, and that information has to be correct or we stand to be accounted for, you know. So, yeah, you know, I get it, you know. Yeah, and absolutely. And I'm going to add on to, you know, what you're saying, Chairman, too. It's like you said, well, we implore the, the masses to take the information. And the goal itself is to get involved with your own liberation struggle, to get involved with your own empowerment struggle. I think sometimes, you know, what I run across a lot with talking to the people is they think either you got to be a Muslim or you got to be – you know, deep on uh, t- commons, you got to know the mystery of the Sphinx, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? You got to be this dynamic, super black man or black woman to participate in your own liberation struggle. And I tell them it's just, it's just something as simple as just acknowledging, you know, you're, 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 you're of African descent or that you have the, you know, you're facing the same problems that everybody of African descent is and you're willing to do something about it. You know, I think that that's where the first start comes in. It's a matter of me, what I try to do and what we're trying to do here, and I see what you're doing also on the um, West Coast, is demystify the whole Black Panther thing. I'm trying to de-romanticize what a lot of people not take away from the contributions of our predecessors, we should never be taken away from. You know, that should be written, it should be written emphatically that us as African people here in America, black people here in America, have waged a revolutionary struggle. And it should be in the history books. Like the uh, Chairman Chanel was quoting from our principles, I think it's number, I'm not even going to tell him, I want to say number five. Number five. That we want a history, right. We want a true history. You know, history sees the true nature of this decades of society in the place of the black man and woman in this society. So that's we, we know that, that that's a necessity. You have to have that. You know, you have to have that. 
in order to embark on the right journey. But we're telling the brothers and sisters, man, to get to get participated in that struggle. But while I got you on the phone, too, Chairman Kinnell, because we're getting deep, this is five on the black-hand side. Let me shoot it out to the people that they're listening to the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination. Blog Talk Radio, independent talk radio, man, five on the black-hand side. We're discussing things in the black community, just open discussion, whatever topic, whatever just really just is bothering you about what's directed at our people. Uh, or what are people sometimes that we may feel like what are some of the things that we feel like our people are doing to ourselves? You know, we talked about, I was in a conversation earlier um, with some brothers, man, and we were talking about it was actually a good group, uh, and I had to get off of the radio, and we were just talking about the chemical warfare ways that our people, you know, from crack cocaine all the way to, you know, soda pop. Just the the food deserts we live in. I think that the whole thing about and why I've been on this whole war tip. Last show was about how to know when war was declared against you. Why I've been on that is because I really honestly think we have become that complacent, and it's and it's starting to concern me. You know, I used to hear people. I think when Trump was running, I would hear some of the more fanatical brothers. I like to call them. I hope Trump wins, and then maybe these niggas will wake up, and maybe this. And you know, you hear that. When these niggas caught backs against the wall, they'll wake up, then they'll see what time it is. Listen, I still, the handwriting is on the wall. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I still see us being complacent. So now I'm getting concerned. So, you know, the whole thing, that's where the whole war thing comes in because it's like, listen, it's this is not just a fly. So we have war. It's not something that we're just trying to do to uh, capture the imagination or to jump out there out front and to look, you know, sleek or chic in, in, in whatever the latest fashion is, man, to get the attention. It's far from that. War has really been waged against us, and now it is no longer convert. Well, they've been sitting around waiting for the revolution to start. And what they don't know, the revolution's been going on for quite a long time. It didn't just start. The revolution has been in motion, you know, and that's one thing they, they need to realize. Quit waiting for the light to turn green. The light's been turning green for a long time. The revolution has been going on for a long time. You just right you just didn't recognize it. You just didn't see it, you know. Mm-hmm. We're having revolution mm-hmm. with our music, revolution with our dance, revolution with how we dress, revolution with how we talk, you know. Revolution means change. You know, evolving, evolving to a change. So we've been evolving over these years. So we've been involving in people, places, and things, and we've been involved in a revolution. So I don't know what kind of revolution they're looking for, but if they're looking for the definition of a revolution, it's all around them. You know. Right on. Right on. Right on. I. You know what? I don't even know if if the so-called people professing they're ready for a revolution know what they're looking for. And I know that the, you know, uh, masses, damn sure when you say that, that is so, you know, that's, uh, what do they call that? that? That's, you know, a slogan now to them. Everything is revolution. You know, Taco Bell had a taco revolution. I was watching TV one time, they had the taco revolution. So everything, revolution has become very trivial. The word in itself, you know what I'm saying? It's just, doesn't have the same implications and meanings. And I think as we live in this age of consumerism and materialism, 
and just us just being saturated in our desires up to our necks in it that we really don't see um, it's It reminds me of a speech Malcolm gave one time when he talks about going to the dentist and he talks about the, the dentist giving you Novocaine so you learn to suffer in silence while the dentist is drilling in your mouth and you got blood dripping from your, your, your cheek and your, your mouth, yeah. but you suffer in silence because you're on that Novocaine. And I think that that is one of the things that's beginning to affect our people. I think that we've really become sedated. Like I said, the writing is on the wall. I don't know how much uh, more has to be done. We're being you know, you can't do no you can't do no more than what what you're doing. What you're doing is what you're supposed to be doing. You know, I mean, if if you know, there are people running around there with their chest stuck out, they're scared to death. They don't want to admit it to anyone that they're scared to death because it makes them look weak. You know. But uh, it's always a little apprehension when you're going into a situation where there's an unknown and you know you don't know what the factor is going in or coming out, you know. You just know that you have to be engaged. And, there, you know, and, you, know it's, you, you can just do what you're doing, you know. It's up to them to develop the courage to do what they need to do, you know, uh, because you're already putting um, your sensibilities and your in your your heart, you know, uh, uh, into the struggle by what you do and what you bring forth, bring forward to the people. You know, they wouldn't receive it if you don't bring it. You know. Yeah. So you're already doing it. So the other part of it is, is for them to to take that information and take it to the next step further. You know. Now you know. I, you know. I get it. You know. I get it because when I first went into the party. You know, uh, I, I was scared to death about exactly which way we were going to go, you know, what I was going to do, how I was going to do it, how I can be be, um, be, um, be effective, you know, in, 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 in helping my people. Well, people smarter than me uh, saw that uh, I was struggling, you know, trying to get a handle on it, and they, you know, they, they, they recruited me and and um into um into the vanguard from from membership you know because it was important for them to take the the uneasiness and uh uh apparent weakness that they saw in me and apply the proper program to make me strong you know and they did it you know and it worked you know so yeah. You know, I get it how it works for me. I'm not saying it works for everybody. You know, different strokes for different folks. You know, and uh, but it worked for me. You know, and uh, it is it, is what we do every day. And every day we do it, we get stronger. You know, every day mm-hmm. we do it, we get wiser. You know, so the more we do it, the, the, the better the better things become. It becomes easier to talk talk to the people. They want to know. How you how you win them over? You don't you don't win them over with just conversation, you know. You win win them over through through their hearts and minds, you know. We're a spiritual people, you know, and you got to throw spirit at us, you know. You know you got to talk to our hearts, you know. You got to talk to our minds. That's how you get to us, you know. That's how you make yeah. a change out of out of no change, you know. You know you know that's you know that's how you do it. So we do all the things that we think we should do. And uh, if we if we do it, and uh, we know that it's gonna come out right, you know, I don't I don't worry. When I talk to my chief, 
I don't worry, you know, because my chief get it, you know. He get yeah. it, you know. Yeah. So he can almost anticipate what I'm going to say and what I'm going to do. And I'm telling mm-hmm. you, it's a blessing. It's a blessing, you know, when you when you start to operate that way, you know, because then yeah. everybody begins to try to understand everybody else, and it makes a better day and a better way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's what it's about. And that's what it's all about. And we hope that to take that type of operation and spread out to the uh, general masses, just in their everyday, you know, um, in their everyday living. To me, that's what the mission is all about. <clears throat> you know, in my in my effort to de-romanticize it, to take the image of brothers and sisters running down the street with bandoliers and 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 uh, carbines in their hands, my little part of contributing to the reality, to bringing revolutionary ideology and philosophy to reality is showing them how it fits in your everyday life and showing them how it fits in your everyday life. When we study revolution, those of us that are students of the revolution, uh, revolutionary writings and, and actions and deeds, we always find that there were some type of schools or programs set up to begin a discipline. And when I when I say discipline, I mean it in the sense of the word of being a disciple of some type of school of thought. You know, that's my whole thing. You know what? Going to this at the risk of uh, digressing. Things going to yeah. At the risk of digressing, when we talk about that's my pet peeve with the whole all of this information on the internet. It's not that I'm not a fan of information nor having the access to information. I think at times that that's great and it's very useful. What I do have a problem with, though, is it has allowed people access to information without them going through the discipline of obtaining that information, like in the old school, like the old days when you belong to a certain clique or whatever you belong to, a school of thought or whatever, there were degrees that you received certain things, and the, and the reason they were in degrees was not only did you may possibly have to memorize some type of uh, saying or chant or whatever, but it was a discipline that went along with it. And so we begin to lose that discipline, or we haven't go through the discipline when we have access to the information, then we think we can get out there, jump out there, and do anything or recreate what we see our predecessors have put in effect, or that we can battle this beast without being what we used to call battle-tested based on some information we didn't got from a few books we didn't read. And I think that that's the dangerous part. Too freely are we, are we allowing us as black people, the black mass in the black community, those of us that say that we care for the direction that our people are going in so-called self-proclaimed revolutionary leaders to come up and take the helm, come up and take the reins, grab the microphone, present themselves to the world as a uh, appointed, not a self-appointed, but a people-appointed representative um, of our plight. And I think that that's dangerous. I think that we have to, right along with reclaiming our image and the image that our oppressor puts out there about us, being a specific type of way, we addressing that. We also must address these people that are professing to have our best interests in heart and that they are our leaders 
or even if they're not coming to us and saying, hey, I want to represent you people, which no one has ever done to me. I haven't seen it on Facebook, even when you take a Facebook poll or something, you know, check a box. But they go to the world. You see them on CNN. You see them on these talk shows. You see them plastered and blasted all over the place, saying they're speaking for you and I. Mm. And I think that I think that that is dangerous. So we have to take that back. I'm always talking about, and why is it important? I believe because I believe. Why is it important for this information to be disseminated to the masses? Because I really believe in all power to the people. I believe when the people are empowered, then things will begin to change. I don't even believe that, you know, a lot of times um, I come under attack personally or the party will come under attack. And it takes discipline to resist the urge, to fight back the urge, to retaliate. Like uh, Chairman Trinnell said, man, we got a wonderful chief who will, you know, I I like to call him a wartime chief too, especially because when the stuff hits the fan and and it's on and it's thick, you know, he somehow he maintains composure and he says, let's think this through and we're able to walk it through. But I say that to say that when it gets thick, to resist the urge to attack because I believe when the people are informed of what a revolutionary is and what a revolutionary isn't, those Brothers and sisters who masquerade as liberators and freedom fighters of the masses of people, when they go amongst those masses pretending and committing crimes against the people, it will be the people that will rip them from limb to limb. It will be the people that will rip them limb from limb. Having been informed, having been shown the difference between a revolutionary and a counter-revolutionary, between a hero and a criminal between a freedom fighter and oppressor. Once they know the difference, those people that are masquerading under this banner of liberator, if they don't live up to those standards, will, believe me, you face severe consequences. And I wouldn't trade places with them for anything in the world when the masses get a hold of them. So that's one reason. And then also when we begin to inform the masses and they see how this liberation thinking, this revolutionary thinking, ideology and philosophy and actions begins to, um, when they shake off the shackles of colonized thinking, they find their relationships with their family becoming better because it's not, remember me when I tell you this, brothers and sisters, that it wasn't just a white supremacy, it was a white male supremacy. So even when we battle the uh, effects of white supremacy. A lot of us as men, and I know, brothers, we don't want to hear it, still suffer from the uh, uh, machoism and the misogyny and the male chauvinism based from a culture that was very patriarchal to the extent of eradicating and erasing the divine feminine period, even from scripture. This is how much hatred and disdain or at the very least, how little they thought of women. They would go to those extremes. So those, that, it's like when you stand next to the barbecue grill, you're going to smell like barbecue smoke. So we've been exposed to that. So it's in our thinking, once we begin to shake the shackles of colonialism and the way that, and begin to realize some of the actions that I'm doing are not, uh, 
actions of a sane African, a conscious revolutionary, then we will start to uh, try to change them to the best of our ability. But the first thing is acknowledging them, acknowledging that what is, is taking place to us is by design. And the only thing that is going to save us by a direct attack, by an attack that is strategically mapped out, is to have a strategic uh, defense leading into a strategic offense. You're not going to be able to block a strategic attack, a attack that is focused and planned with haphazard actions. You may look up and block one or two moves. I'll give you that. We call it dumb luck. But to safeguard yourself, to actually insulate yourself and have a buffer between you and the fallout, you and the uh, initial contact, you won't have that haphazard. And we see what happens when we don't plan. Look at the outcome. Look at our communities. Look at our schools. Look at our children. Look at our relationship. Look at our finances. Look at our mental health. Look at our nutrition. Look at our um, diet, physical health. And it's been this way since the Maasa. And even for my aboriginal people, it's been this way since your introduction to foreigners, to your natural lifestyle you had if you was here before uh, the slave ships. What I'm talking about is a mindset. See, the revolution, you can't push people or force people into a revolution. Why? Did some remind me that what uh, Ernesto Che Guevara had, had been saying, and this may not be verbatim, but it was something to the effect of wherever there's a democracy or the semblance of a democracy, armed revolution is not an option. What does he mean by that? In my understanding of that, wherever there's a democracy or the semblance of a democracy, armed revolution is not an option. Wherever there is a place where the people have elected freely their officials or the semblance of a democracy, or if it has been appeared, if it has been made to appear that they've had the power to elect their officials, you removing that elected official by all means will be looked at by the people as an assault on their free right of selection. No matter how much you scream, it is not a real democracy. If they believe that it is a democracy, it would not be. You would not be looked at as removing an oppressive regime. You would be looked at as imposing your will on their free right, free selection, on their democratic rights. You know what, Chairman? So you, you know what? You kind of uh, hit that in a timely, a timely fashion because. You know, the, the president of this country was at the United Nations talking mm-hmm. real bad about socialist countries, you know, and socialist ideology. You know, I mean, I mean, you couldn't, mm-hmm. he couldn't, he couldn't have made himself look more like an idiot than what he did because, you know, three of the most powerful countries uh, 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 in the world are are are, are socialist oriented countries. You know, you know. Uh, uh, not to mention the, uh, the United States, but you know China and Russia and and uh, and uh, uh, and, uh, and and the Socialist Republic of, of Germany. You know, I mean, like, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, dude. You know, 
I mean, yeah. uh, these are these are powerful countries, you know. You know that where it's uh, 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 you know it's the people's people's country, you know, China, mm-hmm. Russia, you know, uh, uh, Germany, you know, uh, you know, and 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 you, know, you can just see the people at the General Assembly looking at this dude like, man, <laughs> you are really out of touch. You know, yeah. you, 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 you know, where are you, who are you talking about? What are you talking about? You know, yeah. you, you don't get it, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to talk about uh, uh, socialists? What do you think Social Security is? You know? Yeah. What do you, yeah. What do you think a, 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 a pension fund is, you know, a, um, a mutual fund is, you know? You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. You know, you you an mm-hmm. idiot, dude. You know, you you trying to talk bad about people organizing themselves uh, 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 for for a, a greater opportunity in, uh, in in their life for for benefits. You know, by coming together. You know, uh, uh, in, in in a common a common cause. You know. Mm-hmm. And you're telling the world that people coming together in a common cause is a bad oh. thing. You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Where the hell I mean, you come you from, dude? And here's, and here's the sad part because, you know, President Trump is the embodiment of a certain segment, a very large segment of America. It shows the ignorance, mm-hmm. it shows uh, not just, you know, ignorance of. <laughs> Social skills, but just ignorant on, on on foreign policies, on just the whole, and that just shows what America had become. You know, politics and all that had become an elite elitist club. And what exactly. they did is let a homegrown good old boy sneak up in that elitist club, and that's the typical of America. It's become such an elitist club that the typical American. They did a survey one time. I was watching some program. It was supposed to be jokes, but it was actually sad. They were going to college students and asking them to name the capitals of the states. Yeah. And it was, oh, man, it was terrible. It was terrible. It was just bad business. And so they couldn't do it, huh? They couldn't do it. They could not do it. It was, it was ugly. So it just it goes to show how pampered and just coddled the American public, the masses of Americans have become when it comes to because, like I said, the whole political arena is just has become elitist. It's a boy. It's a you know, it's a good old boys club. So what's that? Allowed, forty, fifty thousand dollars, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year to go to school, go to college, something like yeah. that. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. And they came. They, I mean, that's where that's where we're at. And Trump is showing, you know. Uh, Trump is showing a lot of them um, what the average American, the everyday American, is made of. But the everyday white American, I'm going to say, loud, boisterous, silly, ignorant, just obnoxious, obtrusive, just, you know, there. Just a blight. Just like, damn. You know what I'm saying? Man, I'm so so happy that uh, they have you on uh, uh, a... uh, uh, on the black on black, you know, and and a five on the right side, you know, and uh, because uh, you know, it just goes to show, man, that 
you know, the people that call in to your station, man, you know, uh, you know how intelligent, you know, and, and well-read they are and how knowledgeable they are, you know, and, <laughs> and to think about people going around asking students to name the capital and they don't know after their parents have spent 40 or 50 grand, you know, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's it, it, it embarrassing. Oh, you know? man, it's, it's it's passing, man. But that's just how just coddled and 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 self indulgent the American this age of materialism and consumerism. And African people, black people here are eating it up. You know, we're eating it up. So it 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 it, it comes to a thing of having a sense of self honor, self worth, being able to. Um, really just identify to set the standards for ourselves again, raise the moral and ethical bar. And I think that that's, I think that we, we have tried religion. We have tried, and when I mean religion, I mean religion in the sense of certain practices. I'm not talking about spiritualism, but we've tried mm. religion. We've tried this, we've tried that, but we haven't really tried with, with you know, a revolutionary ideology and philosophy and, and actions. Oh, we 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 begun it, but the attack was so, because I'm not going to say we didn't try it. This is not nothing new. You know, I came up a child in that. I give, give props to the president. Right, right. My, my father and everything. But the attack was so serious that um, the continuation of it, uh, somewhere down the line, we allowed other things to influence it and then push it standing of its own. It always had to be attached to either a theology, uh, 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 economic understanding, but not just in the sense of a resistance movement for people who are saying, you know what, Muslim, Christian, whatever, we're facing the same enemy. You know, you don't have to be a revolutionary Muslim revolution. You can be that. But what I'm saying is we have to work together to fight the same oppression. It being revolution, ideology being pushed as just an everyday philosophy for living. For living. Yeah, that's one of the problems. Being, that's one of the problems that uh that uh, uh Mao Zedong had is that um they had ran into a, a situation, you know, and we were well aware of that. We ran into the same situation, and where he um. Uh, was trying to convince the, the religious, the religious section of China that uh, they need to get behind him, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it 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 took a while, you know, but finally they realized that they would be in a better, better situation in a better place by uh, standing behind uh, uh, the, the the people's revolution, you know, because the people were allowed to. Uh, Make their own decision and and uh, didn't have to uh, become a mm-hmm. Buddhist or a Hindu or whatever because if they didn't they get killed you know but that yeah. was their own sacred decision you know and uh, mm-hmm. and and to me that was one of the one of uh, one of the big big uh, uh, issues that he was able to ne- ne- negotiate uh, in uh, in in the people's struggle the people wasn't uh, one thousand, one thousand mile uh, march. I think is what it, what they call it. But mm-hmm. you know, we going through the same thing. You know, uh, we went through it with 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 
thing was never about civil rights. It was always about human rights. But the religious mm-hmm. part and the spiritual part of the struggle uh, took it over and made it a, made it a civil rights with Abernathy and King and yeah. all the rest yeah. of them. Were, were in fact it was it was a human a human rights issue uh, uh, um, under the auspices of uh, H. Rat Brown, Stokely Carmichael, Elder Cleaver, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 Snick and the Black Panther Party. You know, so we had known at at an early age that we had to, to understand, but make 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 sure they were separate, separate but equal. You know. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. so so you go to the church down on 52nd. I go to church down on on 7th. You know, but we can all get together after church and and um, you know, and do what we need to do. You know, so right on. That's that was that was a real important part of of, of our understanding. You know. Yeah. It's a spiritual thing. Of, um, what you, what you would call you know that's what I tell people, man, is the burden of freedom. I can't be a liberator fighting for the people's freedom and then turn around and tell them what you can't worship. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or you, 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 you free from the, you're free from the oppressor, but you can't worship Jesus. You can't get back. Right. You can't worship Allah. You can't, you know, then you're not, you're free. But that's the burden of freedom. You may not go. Yeah, that ain't our job. Life. Right. That ain't, that ain't our, our job. job. You know, I'm, you know I, I, my thing is, are you free to make that choice? You know, and that and that they, and and the religious communities have understanding that the the guiding philosophy and principle is that which is better for the people. You know, if you as long as the community is for better for the people, I don't have a problem with any so-called religious community. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I think that the boundaries have to be set, and then once the boundaries are set, we have to all agree to practice tolerance. Tolerance. There's a reason why. There's a reason why why you still here. You know, you know your 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 uh, your dad did a good job on you. But there's a reason why you still here, though. You know, because um, you know, <laughs> you know, people forget. You know, we didn't just show up. We've been here for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It ain't like we just turned yeah. a corner someplace. You know, you know we uh. You know, we've been here for a while, and we're going to be here for a while, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You better believe that. Absolutely. Absolutely. As long as oppression exists, we're going to exist. It's the bottom line. As long as oppression exists, we're going to exist. And, and, and we're going to keep the fight up. And we're going to keep the fight up, and we're going to keep going, and we're going to keep trying to bring it to the people. It's not about... Like we're always constantly saying, it's not about the, uh, uh, what is it, the quantity, it's about the quality. Yeah. So we're going to keep trying to reach reach out to the right people and get this thing together because it's imperative. You know, there is not a moment to spare. If there wasn't a resistance movement, if there wasn't people like you and I and the brothers and sisters that listen to the broadcast, mm-hmm. man, we could call it curtains. We could call it curtains. And we're not talking, I'm not talking about just in the sense of physical sense, but I'm talking about in the sense of destroying a whole identity of a people. What has been done to the African people, to the descendants of African people here in America is criminal. And why we say that it's a human rights violation, because if you are a lover of justice and equality of the human 
species, of human beings as a species on the planet Earth, then you know what has been done to us is criminal. It's criminal. You can't possibly live with yourself. And this is what I tell my so-called white counterparts or brown counterparts. This is their part of the struggle that they can get to speaking out against what is criminal about to um, criminal to any human species. This is why I speak out against what happens to the Brown brothers because oppression is criminal. So you have to address it, whatever it is, but my energies and my efforts, every, my 100,000 and 20 million percent, if that's a percentage you know, it's going to go to um, the struggle, powering and forming and empowering a disenfranchised people and that people being the people I belong to, the descendants of African people here in America. Because the criminalization of us has to stop. Once you begin to have children, and not even when you have children, just once you allow your spirit to connect to the community, like Chairman Trinnell said, we're spiritual people. Once you allow yourself to connect to the community, once you really um, shake the shackles of colonialism and lose the things that you, the pretenses that divide you from someone that looks just like you, like the brother was saying, when you lose the, I go to First Baptist and you go to Third Baptist, or I'm a, a Muslim and you, I'm a Sunni and you're a Sufi or whatever. When we lose these false borders, these things that keep us divided that really aren't there, these imaginary objects, once we remove them, then we will begin to feel that connectedness, and we'll feel that connectedness on the level of brotherhood and not just on human brotherhood. Watch this. This is how dynamic this is. Not just will you feel it to another human being, but you will feel it on such a level of intimacy because here is a person that not only looks like you but shares some of the same struggles that you're sharing. You identify on such a, uh, a different level. You used to say, can you, you, you dig? All right. Can you pick up what I'm dropping? You know what I'm saying? That type of thing. That's why I say, give me five on the black hand side. You know, when I'm feeling you say something real fly, fly, give me five on the black hand side, man. That was, you know, that's our greeting, that's our, we in there, we vibrate. And when you begin to feel it on this type of level, you will start to see that the things that are happening to us must come to an end. No sane people, no rational people, there are no people that could possibly thrive correctly, healthily, healthily, positively, under some of the conditions. Most of the the majority should have all the conditions that they're dumping on us as a people. The fact that we are right now is a miracle, thanks to Mosai. It is nothing short of a miracle. But now we must become involved in the gathering of all of these uh, miraculous traits that we have in our community, all of these things that make us strong, all of these things that give us fortitude and perseverance, and begin to come up with a comprehensive strategy, an intentional strategy to organize. And I know that the, I know it is tiring. I say it all the time because it is. It's exhausting. We feel like people aren't listening to us. You know, it becomes, it feels like it becomes, it is sometimes it becomes difficult for me 
on Tuesdays to do the radio program. I said, what am I going to say different this week? I haven't said every other week before. I get tired of hearing myself sometimes. So we know that it's long, but like I said, if we plant that seed, so our job is plant the seed and come back every now and then and water it and tend to the garden. Garden, But we do that through our example. We do that through our example. And one of the greatest gifts that the revolutionary has is outside of the discipline, outside of being able to be an example, is the ability of comprehension to go get that deep information, to come down, break it down so much so that we can disseminate it to the masses, they can get it and add it to their life. We shouldn't want to be, I'm always admonishing our ministers or reminding comrades to not get caught up in the trap of being the guru. Don't be the guru. We got a young uh, phenom coming up in uh, Texas, young chairman coming up in Texas. I like the brother. And I have to remind the brother like the brother called me Mm. and he asked a question. And uh, in in the question, he wanted to know something because I think a sister had asked him about a particular book. And one of the things I told him, I told him I appreciate you calling me, but sometimes you can. It's okay to tell the sister, the brother, anybody. I don't know. Let's don't get caught up in being the revolutionary. Doesn't get caught up being the guru. In fact, this is the perfect time to practice. The communalism we're talking about. I don't know, but I'm sure I have someone that does. Let me make some calls. Mm-hmm. This is how we begin to practice that and rely on one another and, and, and learn to be uh, dependent on one another for what we need and to step away from stepping out there on what I call getting the guru uh, complex. It's very dangerous. So the revolutionary, this is what I'm trying to show the chairman. I said all that to say to show that chairman of how revolutionary discipline can fit in your everyday life and it only makes better for you. This is what needs to be begins, in my opinion, of course, presented to the people as a substitute for the uh, snake oil that's being peddled to them. The promises of some heaven tomorrow, the promises of a nation by ourselves when we're still steeped and the only thing we will have is a neo-colonial. Listen, I don't know how many times I've recommended this book. I will recommend it again, that France Fanon, Wretched of the Earth. When you want to talk about colonized mindset, shattering colonialism, and neocolonialism, when you find out what happened in Algiers, when we talk about making these states for ourselves and these nations for ourselves, but we haven't shaken, broken the shackles of colonialism, that we still behave like our oppressor, think like our oppressor, interact with one another the way that our oppressor has programmed us to interact with one another, and we talk about building a nation of our own. It's very dangerous talk. It's very dangerous talk. If we haven't acknowledged those facts, those sicknesses and and illnesses that are very real in our community. 
and they don't, we didn't get them overnight. So it's not a thing of trying to lose them overnight. But how we begin to lose them, how we begin to combat them is, like I said, in our everyday struggles in our everyday struggle, when we change our ways in our everyday struggle and our socializing one another in every day, it leads to the overall transformation and transfiguration of our community. We begin to see this vibe, this energy spread amongst the people, this so-called revolutionary theory, revolutionary ideology and philosophy spreading amongst the people, and then you, when you have revolutionary conduct, revolutionary behavior coming from what they call a revolutionary type. That's the revolution. And when that sentiment spreads amongst the community, when people have a sense of self-worth and a, and a, a desire for and they informed people and they have a longing, it creates a longing and a desire for freedom, oppression is no longer tolerable. It's like, it's like see, it's like sitting on the stuff talking about frog legs. Man, somebody was talking about cooking a frog. And they were saying how they cooked the frog. Have you heard this chairman Chanel? No, I've never cooked none, but um I've heard the same thing about you start slow and yeah. you know, to keep them from jumping. And, keep uh, from jumping. Yeah. You start slow. I, I hadn't heard you start that. slow. So someone yeah, that's that's heavy. That's heavy. And the frog is sitting there like a warm bay, he's just sitting there and allowing himself to be cooked to death. Yeah. So you start out slow. You know, yeah. and that's how they do it. But when you get so it it it's it's tolerable. They build up his tolerance for it. But when you inform the masses of people, when the masses of people begin to change their ways and <laughs> this desire, this yearning for liberation to be able to make their decisions, knowing that they're making their decisions without an intentionally being hindered or obstructed, when they have that desire, oppression is intolerable. Exploitation is intolerable. You might as well turn the stove up to 10, off the rip. It becomes intolerable. They can't sit with it. They become fidgety. They, they're, they're antsy. You know, they, they're, they're, they're moving around. They can't sit down. And that's where the revolutionary, when the revolutionary has created these, this is what they're talking about, seizing the moment, seizing the time, looking for the conditions. We create the conditions. We don't create the revolution. We expose the conditions, conditions that spark revolutions. We expose the people to their living conditions. This is it's all found in the 10-point platform program of the Black Panther Party. It's all found in the 10-point platform and program of the Black Panther Party, which every party from now, everybody, whatever we're calling out or whatever, are holding to this. It's in there, and it addresses those needs. And once you point out the uh condition that they're living in and you say and we address those needs we believe that you know it's shelter fit for a human being you should have that you, this condition is deplorable look how you're chipping the living you know what i'm saying you go down this oh i gotta give my baby up can i send a letter down yeah because you gotta send a letter because we believe that all black men and women should be released from federal local uh uh, uh state penitentiaries they haven't had a jury they haven't been tried by a jury of their peers they believe it was, it's all unconstitutional Really, y'all believe that? She's speaking to the people. Being able to take the 10-point platform and program our revolutionary manifesto and telling the people because it addresses the needs of the people. But if we're up here in the guru state, you know, we're in the guru state. Did you know, brother? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
and all that is not relatable to the people. We got enough gurus. Hell, we got them white and black. If you don't want a black guru, we got black guru Farrakhan. If you want Chris Creflo Dollar, if you don't, we got Joe Osteen. Whatever color you want them in. We got black, white gurus. We got that. We got that. Well, the revolutionary says all power to the people, believes in power to the people, so therefore the revolutionary interacts with the people. He's one with the people. My father used to always tell me, he said, do you know what the revolutionary is, uh, Yanka? I said, what is a revolutionary? He said, a revolutionary is whatever the people need. He mm-hmm. says, if the people, if you're in the village and the people need a doctor, the revolutionary is the doctor. If the people need a school teacher, the revolutionary is a school teacher. If the people need a farmer, the revolutionary is a farmer. And none of them shy away from the responsibility or obligation of picking up the gun to defend the institutions they didn't build. Regardless of whatever you do, nobody shies away from the responsibility of defending that which belongs to the masses of people. And we know our posts only our 12 general orders. I would defend all all black nation property in sight, the general order. So the revolutionary doesn't shy away from that. But the revolutionary is not just one. The revolutionary is not a demagogue. The revolutionary is not the sensationalist. The revolutionary is not just someone that sits and romanticizes and talks about the good old days. And they remember that because they just studied up on some stuff or they've been blessed enough to be able to sit up under some of our blessed originals. And they go away feeling like amongst their peer groups and contemporaries that they got the holiest of holy grails that uh, have been given granted express permission to talk bullshit. The revolutionaries out there amongst the people trying to disseminate this information, trying to show them through the 10-point platform and program how this has addressed their lives and how they fit into that. Point number one, 10-point platform program, which fits all of us, we want freedom. That's the click of them all. You're Black Panther, yeah, man. What y'all about? Point number one, 10-point platform program, Black Panther Party. We want freedom, brother. Now we can begin to discuss what freedom looks like. <laughs> mm. You did. This is where we begin to start. So we're out there amongst the masses of people. This is the challenge, and this is where a lot of them shy from that challenge and run away from the challenge because it's easier to sit behind monitors. It's easier to sit behind computer screens to type out to this, and not even and even when you're doing that, not in a helpful word, not in a help, uh, helping hand, but in the guru complex. Everybody wants to be the guru. Forgetting the needs, the aims and objectives of us as an African people in America and those of us that are, uh, uh, that really those of us to take up this panther banner. But the overall aim and objective, termination. We want complete self-determination. Well, what is that, Brother Yanger? You always talking about this self-determination, man. Well, apparently, if you're asking Brother Yanger what that is, you ain't ran across somebody in the party or you haven't heard me before because I will spell it out for you. We are saying that we want the right to evolve naturally without the intentional or deliberate hindrance and obstruction of outside forces and influences. Bottom line, we know that there is a uh, war, conspiracy, whatever you want to call it, against people of African descent in this nation. There's none of this stuff that is happening to us is by happenstance. That's what we're saying. That we want. That's what we're saying we're demanding. That's what we're saying we're going to get. 
point blank, and that we're going to evolve anyway, but in that evolution, in the evolving, we reserve the right, as said in your Constitution, is we believe, we say it in your Constitution, for those of you, them, or anyone that may not believe in a God-given right, even though that says it in their bills of rights, that these are inalienable rights given to us from God. But we are going to defend the institutions we build for the empowerment and betterment of African people. That ain't a threat. It just is what it is. We are going to defend those institutions because we understand history bears witness to what you do every time we begin to build institutions to empower ourselves. But that's what we want. And we believe that, and we and, and in that, we're saying that we're humanists. We believe that every human being has the right. We believe that the human being wants to, uh, the highest aspiration of the human being is to reach its highest, fullest human potential. That's what the human being wants, to be able to reach its fullest human potential. We believe that every human being should have that right. And we're no different. That's the bottom line. That's what we're fighting for. So the fight is twofold. So while we're fighting these outside enemies, at the same time we're fighting the ignorance and chemical warfare and everything that has been levied at us as a people, that um, the warfare that when they put in there that becomes self-inflicted. And that's a hard battle. That's a hard battle. Because that battle takes a lot of self-reflecting, a lot of honesty, a lot of uh, self-criticism, and things of that nature. It takes truthfulness. Really assessing the situation we're in and how much of the situation we have allowed ourselves to be in or we directly are responsible for putting ourselves in. And I know you started earlier you started earlier talking about um 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 this boy that's supposed to get sentenced today, Bill Cosby. You know, yes, which is a good example of what you're talking about about we put ourselves in a situation in a circumstance, you know. Because he put yep. himself in that situation, and we have to come to defend defend his right based upon the history of how, how black people have been treated in the criminal justice system. We become yeah. his greatest advocate, even though he put himself in that situation, you know. And they don't realize yeah. at times when they are in those, you call it elite, elite positions and elite situations, that whenever uh, things get a little rough for them, in this decadent society, you know, they run back home and uh, uh, and seek refuge and seek understanding and seek support, you know, from from their people in order to mm-hmm. stand up and and defend them uh, against the system, you know. And they don't, you know, they don't get it, you know. And some of them do get it, but they just there waiting for if something does come up. That they know they can they can run to us for cover, you know, and um, and uh, you know we got you know we got to grow up, you know we got to get out yeah. of this juvenile mentality type situation, you know. Yeah, it came home to bite him in the butt. It came home. It really came home to bite uh, Mr. Cosby in the booties. It really came home to bite. But you know, it's like what you talk about that decadent society. You know, and, and, and this is the, the danger is what I tell people of African descent when they just get into the whole, what's well, a class thing. Nah, 
pull the race because at the end here, listen, Bill is in the company of of of, of presidents and uh, all kind of people who have done the same and not worse, if not worse, you know. And this is not taking up. So we see, to me, in my opinion, we I start to see what race comes up in it. Like you said, here's the unfortunate truth. They think that they can separate themselves from it, that they can indulge in all type of immoral, illicit, uh, savage behavior, that you belong to the elite, that you up there, you can perpetrate these crimes against people, and it's not going to come home and bite you in the ass. And it does. Every time. Every time. And like you said, that's what he's facing. So and it puts us in a, and it puts us in a in a quandary, you know. Because what do you do at that point? You turn your, you know, what what do you do at that point? Because it's like, man, is this an attack on us as a whole, or how do I make Bill an isolated, separated incident from, you know, what we're going through as a people? Even though he may have at times tried to divorce himself from us. And 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 I don't think he did half as bad. At least he gave something to the United Negro College Fund. I mean, something. Um, you know, <laughs> it's tough. It is tough. It is tough. But we that soldiers, you know. We soldiers, though. Yeah. You know, we soldiers. So, you know, sometimes things occur that's outside the general order. And we have to fall back on the ten point platform program. You know, and go to the yeah. objective. We should never be in a situation where we're confused and we're disoriented and we're lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we shouldn't be. No. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's the it's it's definitely not that. I mean, you know, it's just you it's like I said, I think what's tough about it, because it puts you in that quandary, you know. It's like, man, do I don't I? I just hate to see him there. They could have gave him some probation or something. You know, that man's 80-some-odd years old. You know, I mean, jeez. Black Jesus. I thought he was going to get probation. I thought he was going to get probation. That's uh, what yeah. I thought. I, I didn't know what I thought. Well, when I knew they was charging him after all them years, I kind of thought they was going to make an example of him. You know. Well, he I did think, that. Yeah. I think Bill got too big for his britches. See, that's the problem mm-hmm. with the leaders. You know, that's the problem with getting in all that. You know, sometimes you forget, you know, you, like I said, you get into that elitism, that class thing, you think because I got money. Well, you know, the only color they see is green. My color is green. Boy, you better still remember. You better still like remember. You say, like you say, you know, um, you forget that you should have read uh, France and Young, you know, you, you yeah. forget you should have read Richard Wright exactly. and uh, Langston Hughes, you know, and Gwendolyn well, Brooks. That's what you forget. Yeah. Man, they go to forgetting, man. They go to, you know, they really go to forgetting. They start buying into that whole dream thing, man, and they start emulating that sickness. What, you know, at, 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 at the very least, that should have kicked in. What my black yeah. ass about to do drugging this white woman? I know mm-hmm. my black ass better not drug this white woman and sleep. At least you would have thought that kicked in. That's the voice of your ancestors saying, nigga, what are you doing? 
Mm-hmm. I know you're not about this. Now, if it's consensual and she's awoke, that's one thing. But you, first of all, you living in a time where black men and white women, that, that ain't even cool in that era, and you about to drug one? They killed Emmett mm-hmm. Hill for less. You know, so you really got out of your britches. There's certain mm-hmm. things that what I call the nigger fact. You know, even if you not racist, you not, you could be the coolest person in the world. You could be, I got a partner I grew up with, one of my best friends. Never, he's married to a white woman, never been with a black girl. Coolest dude in the world, served in the, served in the, served this, uh, in the, in the service, did all of that stuff. Doesn't have a racist bone in it. He knows about the nigger factor. We were somewhere one day, he said, man, let's get our black ass up out of here. You said, I'm saying, there's certain things that it kicks in. So I'm surprised that he allowed himself to be that disillusioned that he thought he was cool enough to where he could start drugging women, period, but let alone white women, and sleeping with them. You know, brother, you, you, you on a whole different, and you've allowed your desires and your fetish to be so sick that you will reduce yourself to uh, those, those type of standards, those type of standards. You know, that's the, I think that that's so dangerous. I think he really did lose his mind. I'm sorry. He got in these later years, uh, reciprocity is coming home. You know, but they say, you know, be careful how you make, make your bed soft because you got to lie in it. You know. It's tough. It's tough. That's what I mean by the whole, not just integration, when we integrate the whole assimilation. We begin to start yeah. to assimilate. You know, when you begin to start to see yourself in um, other people's shoes, that's dangerous because you don't have the psychological makeup. It's called uh, cultural uh, cultural inversion. Talks about cultural inversion is when one people study a culture and they can learn all they everything about that culture from the way they made their pots to the diet of the people of that culture. But they will never fully understand that culture because they are not in the psychological space of the people who created that culture. So it's called cultural inversion. You will never know it's like you can watch them do it, but you will never know the whole of 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 what the the true meaning of what that means to them as a as a people. So there's things when we integrate, we begin to assimilate. There are a difference. It doesn't. It's not about a superior or inferior. It's about acknowledging acknowledging differences in culture. And black people haven't been honest with themselves to know oh, it's all real. We all bleed the same. We are man. Cut that, man. Acknowledging the difference in your culture, acknowledging the things that influences your thinking, your action, the way that you move, the way the words that you choose in life will help you be able to sit at the table and better discuss problems and issues that face you as a people, not just with your people, but with other ethnicities. With other ethnicities. Because you would have begun to accept the cultural differences. 
And once you accept the cultural differences, you will begin to place a sense of worth and value on your culture. And culture being in this sense, when I'm talking about the descendants of African here in America, the black man and black woman here in America, the experiences that we have gone through to develop the way that we uh, express ourselves, the foods that we eat, the clothes that we wear, and our social inter- interactions. That's what I mean by culture here in America. And once we acknowledge and and ex- a, 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 a acknowledge the difference in them and begin to accept and embrace this culture, this whatever is created, this, for lack of better words, I'm calling it a culture, and start to Address that. Weed out that which is not beneficial. Embrace that which is good. They said, what could possibly good? I'm, I'm talking about, look at what came from this culture. Jazz was birthed out of this. No, oh, no. You know, was birthed out of this. So there's something to be had in this. And then when we do that, like I said, we can sit across the table and we can have an open and honest dialogue. We can re- really begin to discuss some things and get to the bottom of some issues. But as long as we're holding other people's culture as top-notch, top-billing, the definitive of, of what is manhood or what isn't manhood or what is womanhood or what isn't womanhood, what beauty is or what beauty isn't, then we will always have that yearning. We will always be discombobulated and disconnected, not just from our natural and right minds, but from our ancestry. This is why that's important. When you go to the doctor, what's the first thing they ask you? Is um, any history of cancer, any history of uh, mental illness, any history, family history of diabetes? They want to know about your family history. It's your tie to your predecessors and ancestors. There's no way around it. We're tied to it. There's no way to escape it. It is time to turn, stop running from, turn to embrace. And once we embrace it, we can begin to shift the shaft from the wheat. We can begin to separate those things, look at objectively. Those things that aren't beneficial, that aren't beneficial, and start to have a direct influence in the direction we want to go and those things that contribute into empowering us. See, as long as you're chasing someone else's image or someone else's uh, standards, they hold they guide you, sheep to flock, or, 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 or even better, to slaughter. They guide you. You begin to chase what they say is the latest. You got to have this to be, if you're not driving this type of car, you're not a success. If your house isn't this much, you're not a success. If you don't live in this neighborhood, this is the new food. This is the new shoe. This is the new clothes. They begin to have you. Chasing, this is the danger of assimilating. And the days of you establishing what manhood is and what morals and ethics will be uh, 
paramount in your community are done. See, I'm from a whole different era. I'm from the era when manhood wasn't defined by the material possession. If your daddy was a garbage man, the fact that your daddy came home, you had a daddy, and he worked, and he came home, and he pats you on the head or he shake your hand or whatever. That was manhood. How he held it down and dealt with issues, that was manhood. You see these young boys got hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of clothes on and won't send the child to die. The values have is no longer a shame. See, that was a shame. Families would get involved. Your grandmother would be involved. Your mama would be involved. Your daddy would be involved. When last time you seen your boy? When last time you gave your boy something? Go down there and get that little boy. Let me see my grandbaby. I ain't seen my grand. The grandmother, go get that baby. I want to see the baby. When I'm going to see the baby? Families would get involved. It was communal. That's what defied manhood, not your material possession. But we began to try to assimilate. You see? And once we do that, once we lose that sense of who we are, then you have to lose the sense of where you're going and what you're trying to accomplish. And that's the danger. That's the danger of it all. I ask, why I implore every black man and black woman to ask yourself who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. What's your goal? What do you want to see for your people? That There's no way that I don't, you know, I don't know how I used to do it, if I did it at all, probably very little, but how people continue to do it today, and that's just live in the world and be disconnected from their people. It's a damn thing. How you can step over, step around, overlook, the condition that us as African people in America are facing and not want to be a part of the a part of the solution. Not want to contribute or do something to begin to change that condition. I don't know how you can rest easy with it. Or maybe I do. There's a lot of distractions. They got the flat screens, the this vision <laughs> and that vision, a lot of things to distract us. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh, pipe. Drink it too fast. So, I say all of that to say, brothers and sisters, excuse me, that this is, this is what, this is what we have to be about. This is our mission. Or this is what I suggest that we be about. Informing the people. Enlightening the people. To the best of our ability, you know, guns, guns, guns blazing. You know, guns blazing. Listen, we're coming in the last couple minutes. Offer an opportunity hit one if you want to jump in. We got uh, Chairman Trinell on. Chairman Trinell, did you want to add something to this? Uh, no, sir. So, and we're talking about this is just five on the black hand side. And it's just an open discussion on anything in the community. It was a light night. I think what, like I said, what what had inspired me was just what Mr. Cosby, Mr. Bill Cosby was going through 
excuse me, was just one of the issues. The other issue was like this police officer in um, what part of Texas is that? Dallas, in Dallas, Texas, who allegedly uh, uh, had mistaken apartments and wrong apartments and went in and killed the uh, killed the guy. That's a travesty. What are you doing in life? Like, like I said, you know, these are the times we're living in. What do you do when police are just outright murdering you? And and there's no fear of reprisal. There's no, like, I mean, man, it's literally open season. And they're just coming up with a young boy in Chicago. They said he was running up the stairs and shot himself in the back of the head. I mean, they're just, not only are they murdering us, but they're insulting our intelligence. Like, you know, who even gives it? We're not even going to try to come up with a good excuse anymore. You know, yeah, he shot Yeah, he was handcuffed, but somehow he shot himself in the back 28 times. You know, they don't even try. Who cares? They don't even try to come up with a good excuse. So what do we do? Is this the state that we're living in? Is this is what is this what we have um, just really been lowered to or allowed ourselves to be lowered to? And what is this from? You know, when we look back at the 60s and the 70s and we see the greats that it produced, what happened from that time to now? I mean, just in that decade, in those 10 years, in that decade, man, just look at what it was producing from the Malcolms and the Martins and the Megas and the, you know, Adam Clayton Powell's and the, man, and the list just goes on and on to now. You know, the, the, you know, when you look at the Hueys, the, this, the, I mean, what what happened from then to now that we are not producing such leaders like that? And now we're starting to see, and I think one of the things was, I think we really got complacent. We got lulled to sleep. Like Chairman Trinnell said, when they when they appropriated the programs that the party was putting on and, you know, began to do that thing and educate the same thing the party was doing, they did. When the party put on the breakfast program and the clinics, they were educating us, educating the masses of people, same thing the state did. And they were educating the people to be dependent upon the state and become complacent and the people got loaded to sleep and now you got a madman at the range. You got a drunk driver behind you. You know, it's like you got in the car with the drunk uncle. He's trying to get you home. I'll get you home, boy. You're like, oh, geez. You see, so this is what, this is what, so we were allowed, I mean, what has happened from then and now? So the attack now is becoming blatant and overt, but we don't see the movement responding in kind. It's another one of my concerns. Their attack is intensified, or if if it hasn't intensified, at the very least it has become blatant to where it's like, so what, that you know we coming at you, you know, and we don't even do. It's one thing to get jumped. You know how the bully jump out of the bushes and punch you in the eye? That's one thing. It's another thing if every day the bully say, and, and tomorrow I'm going to kick your ass too, right here at the same spot, same time, same place. And we walk right back to the same spot. Same. We didn't stop to hide a brick along the way. Like, yo, I get, okay, you you telling me you're going to get me right here? I'm going to put this brick right in the bushes as soon as you come up, buddy. We walk right. The bully is telling us, tomorrow I'm going to whoop your ass right here under this sycamore tree. 
as soon as school is out. And there's no preparation. We're doing the same thing. We are being attacked, bullied, and we're not preparing for it in any way, shape, form, or fashion. We get on there, we go down, NFL boycott, NFL boycott. Please. You know, please. What boycott? Niggas are saturated with, with, with. So we have to get on some things that are going to be, you know, practical and realistic and begin to not just, you know, demask. Demonstrations are great. I think they're needed. But the people have to be informed of the importance of mass demonstrations, why they're needed, you know, and the importance of their participation in it. Just being informed about the attack that they're under. You're talking about boycott the NFL. I mean, you know, okay, yeah, that's messed up. You know, yeah, that's messed up, whatever they're doing. You know, half the people don't know what's going on. So they don't see no need, you know, you're taking from their escape from the humdrum from the everyday of society. So I don't see the importance of it. So intensive education programs have to be launched. I applaud the uh, Feed the Homeless programs. I really do. I'm not knocking the brothers and sisters who put that on, but intensive education programs have to be launched. There has to be a way that you get into the household of the masses of people. Like I said, in, in New Jersey, we have the LIM program, the Liberating Young Minds. So we get in households for the babies. But some way to be able to conduct programs and not just um, Band-Aids. The time is serious, brothers and sisters. The time is serious. And we have to be and we have to be on that. We have to be about that business and, and, and getting it together. We're coming down. So with that, You know, with that, so I'm open the mic to our Minister of Justice. Black Power family, uh, Chairman Chanel, it's, it's so good to hear you. It is so good to hear you, and that you are you. still in in the in the movement, uh, making this thing do what it do. I was uh, thinking about, um, you know, during you know five on the black hand side, Kent State, Jackson State. You know, there was a time when. The the it was the students that was leading a lot of these revolts, you know, because you know Huey mm-hmm. and Eldridge they were they were in college, but when I took my son to school, he went to North Carolina Central, and things were happening down there, and I was like, why is it that y'all not saying nothing? Because they enacted policies that if they do start any kind of rallying or 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 open um or open a uh, dissent. They expel them from the school. So yeah. that's why that's why none of the colleges, none of the college kids, get involved like that no more. So, so over the years, I hear the chairman asking, you know, what happened over the years? They've been acting legislation to make sure that they lock you up or take away what you have, which you are, or what you aspiring aspiring to be, if you if you show any form of dissent. And there's got to be a way around that because if you notice, even the young people, they don't—they're not on the college campuses anymore. They are—they're in the streets, and there's a reason for that, you know. And uh, just let me reiterate the fact that um, they will be expelled, and no other college will want them, considering the fact that they were in open dissent where they were speaking to a lot of students. 
So that that was a part of it because we recognize where Huey and them came from. So I'm going to defer back to our chair, but I just wanted to put that one out there because that was one of the major things that uh, kept us, that, that, that keeps the movement from being cohesive. Mm-hmm. Black power. Black power. Black power, black power. Well, brothers and, and sisters and everybody listening, man, we thank you again for, we're going to bring it to a wrap as we run about on these last minutes, grab my glasses. And thank everybody for spending their Tuesday with us and spending this time with us. Hope to catch you. Same time next yeah. week. Same yeah. time. With that, I'll leave you yeah. as I greet you. All power to oppressed people, African power to an African people, and black power. You say something, Jeremy? Oh, 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 okay. A cup of virgin blood mixed with 151. One sip will make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence. Who I'm gon' body this hood politics? Acknowledge it. Leave bodies chopped up in garbage. Seeds watch us grow up and try to follow us. Police watch us roll up and try knocking us. One knee I duck. Could it be my time is up? With my luck, I got up. The cops shot again. Bust out glass burst. A fiend drops his Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out. I shoot back. Fuck getting hit, this is my hood, I'm a rat To the death of it, to everybody, come on Little niggas, it's grown, hood rats Don't abortion your wound, we need more warriors soon Sent from the stars, sun and the moon And it's like a police chase, the street sweepers and coppers Sick up kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors If you really think you're ready to die, when nine's out This is what nine's about, niggas, the time is now Prayer. Tell God, forgive me for one sin. Matter of fact.